common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. We have former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, Mr. Speaker, this is Rita and John Katzimatidis. Great to have you on. And I know you want to talk about uh, impeachment and a whole bunch of other stuff. Take it away. Well, I just think that uh, we have a lot of things going on in Washington. And I was very impressed. The uh, Oversight and Accountability Committee released uh, 22 specific uh, examples of Vice President Biden working with his son, on business deals, uh, this remember this this is the this is the guy who campaigned and said all during the campaign. Oh, I didn't know anything about my son's business. I had nothing to do with it. I don't think he really made any money. Uh, well, we're, we're now gradually finding out that certainly there's enough that we it's legitimate to open up an impeachment inquiry and see what we learn. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty remarkable stuff. Where do you think it's going? And 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 do you think, how do you feel like with all the Hunter Biden stuff, where do you see uh, the difference in sort of the tea leaves? Because, boy, what an, you, you have been in the throes of politics for so long, Speaker Gingrich. Uh, I mean, to see this moment of what's happening, and we are still more than a year away from the election. Well, I, I think that in terms of President Biden, where it's going is that we're going to learn more and more. Uh, we now know they used the four different fake names uh, that he sent. The archive says, I think, 5,400 messages, uh, 5,400 that he sent from these fake names. We know in at least one case uh, that it clearly involved uh, business for his son. Uh, you know, and the, the question is, for example, uh, there's the, one of the things that the, the committee reported is that he took both Hunter and Hunter's business partner to Mexico on an official trip on Air Force Two. And the question I raised is, you know, did they pay for that? Uh, Hunter said he went to over 15 countries on business development flying on Air Force Two. Well, did the taxpayers pay for Hunter's business development or did Hunter? Uh, I mean, I think there's just a ton of questions. And I, that's why I think Speaker McCarthy was right not to go straight for impeachment, <clears throat> but to go to an inquiry to uh, dig deeper and wider and, and find out what, what really happened. In, in, Newt, is this going to go anywhere or they're just going to play ping pong with each other? What do you think? I mean, uh, can it go somewhere? Well, look, I, no, look, I, I, one of the lessons I learned dealing with Bill Clinton is you have to develop the evidence in such a way that the American people decides what you're doing is right. I mean, Nancy Pelosi got two phony impeachments on Trump, but neither of them went anyway. They both went to the Senate and immediately died. Because in the end, they were just purely political. Uh, if uh, Chairman Comer and, and Chairman Jordan and Chairman Smith, the three committees that are digging into this, if they produce enough evidence that the average American says, you know, uh, this is so dangerous and he so clearly broke the law that he just can't stay as president, then I think they should move to impeach. But until they produce enough evidence that it convinces the American people they ought to be very patient and very, you know, very deliberate, and keep digging deeper and deeper. Oh, agreed, agreed. Judge Weinberg and uh, Mr. Speaker, I want to ask you this question: Much has been made that there wasn't a formal vote for this impeachment inquiry. The Democrats are making that noise. There wasn't a formal vote, but yet Nancy Pelosi, when she was Speaker, did the very same thing that uh, Speaker McCarthy is doing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thought is that no Democrat complained 
when Nancy Pelosi set the precedent. I mean, she's the one who actually created the precedent. She did it twice, and she did it just using the power of the Speaker. So I think uh, I think Speaker McCarthy looked at that precedent and thought, you know, rather than put some of his uh, moderate members through having to vote on this, because, you know, there are people in districts uh, that, that uh, were carried by Biden, and they, they don't want to go out on a limb unless the evidence develops so that the people of their district are convinced it's the right thing to do. So he, he, he did exactly what Pelosi did. Democrats have no right to complain. Uh, and uh, I think we'll have to wait and see how this evolves. I, I've actually begun to broaden this out. I, I realize based on having uh, read Andy McCarthy's remarkable book, Ball of Collusion, which was written back in 2019, and then a book he wrote on the case for impeaching Obama, which came out in 2014. This is all much, much bigger than the Bidens. And so I've begun a series uh, at the American Spectator that people can see where I'm beginning to lay out, going all the way back to World War II and the communist penetration of the American government. You know, how, how did we get here? How do we have such a total mess and a constitutional crisis? And, you know, you now have the Democrats not just trying to keep Trump off the ticket, uh, but they're trying to keep no labels off the ticket. They're trying to, to, to block Robert Kennedy Jr. I mean, their attitude is that they, they don't want to have a free election where Biden might well lose. They want to somehow cleverly find a way to uh, keep all the competitors from even competing. You no, know, they, they have to win by hook or by crook. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to go to jail. The rule of law has been violated tremendously. Yeah, it's been yeah. unbelievable. Have you ever seen well, it like this, New? No, I've never seen biggest, it as bad. No, this is the biggest constitutional crisis since 1859, just before the Civil War. And and what you have is the rule of power replacing the rule of law. Now, I have been told, and I'll say up front that I've, I have not had time yet today to, to, to verify this, but I was told by a very good lawyer earlier today that uh, they were very clever in the way that they've now indicted, they're planning to indict Hunter on these gun charges because they're basing it on a law which the Supreme Court has already said is unconstitutional. Yes, uh, now, if, if that's true, uh, that is trickery uh, beyond any reasonable standard. So you believe this is I, all a ruse? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am so disappointed. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, who we have on once or twice a week, has said that uh, Garrett uh, would, would make a great Supreme Court justice. Garland. About, uh, Garland. Garland. Eric Garland. Uh, yeah. uh, two years ago. Right. Could you imagine? Although he's saying now, wow, what a what a contrast. He hasn't been happy with the way he's been AG now, John. Well, I, I, look, I, I think I think that Mayor Garland got so bitter when uh, the Republicans blocked his becoming a, a uh, Supreme Court justice that he's so deeply, bitterly anti-Republican uh, that uh, he, you know he he's in grave danger. We've only ever had one cabinet officer go to jail. Well, that was John Mitchell, who was the I remember that for Nixon. And I think Merrick Garland may be about to set the standard for being the second guy to do that. But uh, the stuff he's doing is yeah. so clearly obstruction of justice. In the studio with us, we have a, a common sense Democrat. We have Governor David Patterson. Uh, Governor, you have uh, anything to say? Well, good afternoon, Mr. Speaker. My thought is that the gun charges, whatever happens there, is really minor next to the allegations that you were making earlier in the conversation because that ropes in the vice president at the time, if it's true, and really it makes it appear that the whole uh, presidency during that time was being politicized. 
Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I mean, the big story is that Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton uh, were both corrupting and politicizing on a grand scale and that you now have, um, you know, Biden came along. But Biden's corruption is to Hillary what Delaware is to Chicago. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, the, <laughs> you know, and, and that's uh, a good analogy. And, and she was from well, Chicago. Well, she, you know, and so was Obama. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 look, I think the whole style of total disregard of the law, total radicalism. Um, we are where we are today because these people have over a long period of time. And in the series I'm doing at the American Spectator, I'm literally carrying us all the way through the 60s and the 70s and showing you how these patterns developed. And, and literally the lineage, the, the sort of person to person, the people who were weathermen in the, in the 60s become Obama's supporters and his close friends. Uh, New King, uh, both, we have a minute left. What would you like to tell the American people on this uh, uh, long weekend to come? I'd like to tell them that uh, they should really have deep, deep faith that this country has had many challenges. We've come back every single time. We'll do it again this time. And don't despair. We may have to have some uh, very challenging uh, struggles, but I am absolutely confident that the American people will beat the machine and that we will, in fact, restore the Constitution and the rule of law, and our children and grandchildren will have an even more amazing future. I pray you're yeah. correct. I Boy. pray you're correct. New, thank you. We love you. Thank, thank you for you so being much. with us. Thank you.